Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. Welcome. So, David, what are we going to do about the fact that Democrats can't even get their self organized around something that 80% of Americans agree on, which is to take action to lower drug costs for patients? I mean, it's it's insane. John, the reason this came up is because the so-called moderate Democrats are blocking certain elements of leadership proposal from advancing in as part of this big infrastructure bill. And the, the so-called progressives are up in arms because now they can't pay for all their favorite things. But but John, I've, I've read these kind of headlines a hundred times. So what, what is the leadership actually proposing to do? What do the moderates block? Well, I think what the, the, the most important thing that they took off the table uh, was the government's ability to negotiate down the exorbitant price that pharma charges. I mean, 90% of the money that is made in drugs is made by big pharma, the manufacturers, um, researchers, uh, merger and acquisition giants of the industry that that rarely focus as much on drug development as they do on marketing and distribution. We have the envy of the world in terms of drug research R&D, and we are the joke of the world in terms of drug pricing. And the reason is because every other country in the world negotiates prices governments buy pharma sells. And we have historically, because of the, the, the money and the leverage that Big Pharma has over Congress, been afraid to allow the government to directly negotiate drug prices, uh, which is, and, and as a result, we have, by, by even a, a higher percentage more than we get when we are charged for everything else in America in healthcare relative to the rest of the world, the highest drug prices uh, in the world, and one out of three people who need, um, uh, uh, who are on maintenance meds, uh, thinks twice or skips a uh, prescription because they don't have enough money to pay for it. It's crazy. John, the leadership proposal is actually fairly clever. Uh, the prices are capped at a hundred twenty percent of an international benchmark, which, by the way, uh, President Trump had something similar that he proposed. They also making price, these same prices the government's negotiated. They're making them available to the privately insured companies uh, as well, so everybody should be able to benefit. And interestingly, they they certainly anticipate that the critics are going to say there's going to be no innovation, and they put some funds into the NIH, which frankly is where a lot of the early stage innovation comes from. So that was the plan. It had unanimous support from Democrats, but now three of them have blocked it in committee. And the reason this is so important, John, is that. The plan was to take something like $500, $600 billion in savings over the last over the next 10 years and use it for other priorities like adding benefits to Medicare, making the Affordable Care Act subs- subsidies permanent, and providing Medicaid even to people whose states hadn't approved the expansion. That's why it's such a big deal. But don't get distracted, David. If the government could negotiate prices, prices would be lower and more affordable. That's what we've got to focus on. That's the. I mean, I'm glad you think it's clever. But 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 we've yet to get it supported, and yet even conservative Republicans, your buddy Trump, even supported this. And remember, this is tying U.S. prices to prices in places like Germany and France. Why should France get a better deal 
than your neighbors in Boston. Well, it's French. They, I thought they have some extra submarines over there now too for sale. Maybe they could tie those in. That's like a kind of like a suppository or something. You could use it that way for a gigantic but, but whale. Seri- but seriously, don't, don't, don't. This is this is all about the big pharma, which is one of the most effective political organizations in in the Beltway, in our corporatocracy of uh, kleptocracy of, of of lobbyist influencing Congress. Uh, that is preventing government from negotiating, even for drugs for which there's no real reason to raise the price. There's no innovation. It's not new. Remember that 70% of the inflation in drug pricing, that's that that's breaking the back of the average patient's ability to pay, uh, two-thirds to 70% of all that inflation is unstable chemical compounds, those normal pills that aren't breakthrough innovations. They're pills on a shelf that people will just want to charge more money for. It is a shock to people when they realize that big pharma gets to change the prices of drugs at, at, at on a whim anytime they feel like it. And we are the only government in the in the in the world uh, that has, has has treated this uh, market alternative with unconditional surrender of our ability to negotiate. John, so the moderates uh, you know, do have their own proposal. It also is, has a clever name, at least, which is the Re- Reduced Cost and Continued Cures Act. And their point is it's going to continue along with what the Cures Act did, which is promoting patient centricity and innovation. And they've actually come at it from the other side. So rather than looking at it from, we're going to push down the prices of drugs, they've looked at it from affordability. And so there's some out-of-pocket uh, caps for those uh, at different income levels for Medicare. Oh, that's terrific. What a clever idea. That, that, that's, that's not moderate. That's just cost-shifting, David. I mean, let's remember that even in the leadership bill, we're talking about negotiating to 120% of the international benchmark. So even if we're paying 20% more than your friends in Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, and France, we're, 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 we're going to somehow think that's a bad deal, that instead we should find a way to cover a few more of the patient's bills and just ignore the fact that pharma is taking government to the cleaners. I mean, I, I don't know, David, I moderate my, I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. really say what I'm thinking, um, but I don't think that's moderate. I think that's quizzling. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. that's appeasement. No, it's actually surrender. Well, John, you know, when after uh, Representative uh, Peters uh, wrote this letter, basically saying you know, he was opposed to what the leadership was doing, I-, I read an article in Stat News and it said that he was showered with contributions from the farm. He was showered with cash is what it said. You know how much it was? $19,600. That's not much of a well, shower, John, That may John, in not Washington. be much to a rich businessman in Boston, but for <laughs> a press release and a proposal, it's not a bad down payment on what's likely to be a very lucrative arrangement with Congressman Peters and his pals in Big Pharma. I mean, come on, David, you you can't tell me. I mean, the the again, I will give you that we should extend a, a great amount of flexibility for any new breakthrough therapy that's going to solve Alzheimer's, although, although the FDA just approved one of those that doesn't actually do it yeah. for Alzheimer's, that, there, that the, that the Big Pharma is still charging a lot of money for and trying to sell. Um, but let's say I'll give you the breakthrough therapies. Thanks, give John. me the ability to negotiate prices on everything else uh, and tie it 
to the cost of inflation. And we've got a deal. These aren't moderates. They are being they're 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 moderately interested in more campaign cash from big pharma. John, uh, the Congressional Budget Office, which I suppose you're going to cast aspersions on them next. They said that if they if they went through this the leadership bill, there's going to be 60 fewer treatments over the next three decades. So how do you, what are you going to tell the patients about that? Well, it's a theoretical exercise, like a lot of your you know sort of model exercises. But let's start with the flawed baseline that we've got a, a a model we have a industry that we pay too much to because they get to charge whatever they want and then you can't take that drug development model and build in the 1.8 billion dollars that pharma currently spends on getting new breakthrough drugs when if they made less, they would probably build them more efficiently. It is an incredibly inefficient business model because of the way in which we've actually allowed big pharma to overcharge. As well, by taking a historical model, saying it, it costs me this, this much to build a car yesterday, it's going to cost me that much plus more tomorrow. That's not always true. Most other industries, as they get bigger and, 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 and do more, they get smarter. There's something called the experience curve, where the more you do it, the less it costs. And in fact, the cost to develop, to build these drugs, to manufacture the drugs, the typical chemical compounds, for most generics, the cost of actually making that plastic bottle is more than the cost of actually manufacturing that generic drug. Think about that for a moment, David. And the, the, that's because they get better and cheaper over time. Uh, instead, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, took that static, high-cost model and said, well, we're just going to build that and assume, because we, the Congressional Budget Office in D.C., uh, think we can model what pharma is willing to invest in order to develop a new drug. I think that's unknowable. But I will tell you that if we don't put a cap on the, the, on, on the prices these big pharma gets to charge, we're going to, again, it's another, it's going to destroy our healthcare system. You know, drugs used to cost about five to six dollars out of every hundred dollars of expenses for commercial health plans. Uh, currently, it's 19 to 20. It costs more to cover drugs for most insurance than it does to pay for people's time in the hospital. Uh, this is the one area where costs are completely out of control. If you think about that, healthcare inflation is being a tax on all of us, a solution for some people's out-of-pocket costs while everybody else is being charged more, uh, more than it even costs to, to put your relatives in, up in the hospital. I mean, that's crazy. These are, and, and I think you can separate the cost controls for the breakthrough new drugs from the, the, the infinite ability for drug companies to just charge more because they feel like it and want to you know, you know, buy more of their stock back. Well, John, I think there is actually a compromise position, whether it'll be had here or not. I'm not sure between leadership and what the so-called moderates are doing that does allow uh, for negotiation and even just dictation of prices on some areas that does not kill innovation. But I want to make a couple of other points along the way here. One is that the drug companies, are the ones that are blamed for the high prices of drugs, in my experience, I've seen hospitals and physician offices radically mark up the price uh, of drugs like tenfold or fiftyfold, it's really out of control, and that's I've seen that on my explanation of benefits and uh, what I've had to pay on an out-of-pocket basis. So it's it's not just the drug companies that are getting in on the fun here. Um, 
There's also oh, I I I think every, look if you get there, there, it's hard to find a commercial enterprise in America that if you told them, hey, you could switch your business model to one where you can just charge whatever you feel like <laughs> yeah. it, they wouldn't jump into it and add it to their portfolio. I mean, that's not a shocker, David. That's an example of the hole in the boat of healthcare costs that unless we fix it with the ability of government to, to negotiate, we'll continue to hemorrhage cash and frankly make healthcare and frankly in healthcare insurance unaffordable. The interesting thing here is unless we're very clear about talking about this, I think the moderates uh, or, or the conservatives, however you are, the anti, the, the pro-drug uh, inflationary pricing overlords um, will continue to win. I mean, I think that the, it was interesting that the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 65% of Americans um, opposed government negotiated prices because it, it had already been demonized. The way the question was phrased is, if you tell them it's going to lead to less research and development spending, then they're like, oh, whoa, all of a sudden, I don't want it. And that's a clearly an interesting sort of a freebie to farm out to then go and tell people that, hey, you know, I saw a couple of lines they were trying out. One was, uh, it won't be the innovation, you won't get the new cures. And the second was, we won't be ready to help out in the next pandemic. That's a winning one, too. What are they? What are they going to be doing next time, John? Well, they spent these companies spent. What? What if you told, shared with our the, the potential voters uh, that big pharma largely spends more money on marketing and distribution than they do on drug development? How would they feel about that? Why don't they cut yeah, that take marketing that and drug? De- yeah, I mean, think about all of those ex college cheerleaders calling on doctors' offices. Um, all of that direct-to-consumer advertising that promises you, uh, even you, David, permanent sexual potency. If I had that job, I'm not sure I'd be sitting here talking to you, but uh, no, no offense, as my son would say. I, 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 um, I think that there is, there, is, there is magic in what these drug companies can do. Um, my sister died of cystic fibrosis. The new drugs that have been developed are transformational and allow people to live to see, have children and grandchildren. Um, we are, as a society, huge beneficiaries of great drug innovation in this country. But that doesn't mean we should pay any price for any drug, uh, regardless of our ability as a society to pay. We ought to be wise about our investments. Uh, we ought to be fair about our pricing. And that's going to require government to be able to negotiate. Otherwise, you're going to see more and more people skipping um, their, 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 their maintenance meds and making our entire society sicker. John, last topic here. Now, we don't talk a lot about sort of inside the Beltway stuff. I actually grew up inside uh, the Beltway, but I moved away from that. But what, what, what about the argument, just inside the Beltway, by the way, just about, an, uh, just about one mile inside the Beltway in Bethesda. But what about this argument that um, – it doesn't need to pass the House anyway because it's going to fail in the Senate. You know, the two so-called moderate Democratic senators from uh, West Virginia and uh, Arizona indicated their opposition. I mean, does it make sense to David? You're getting, you're getting, you, 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 you beltway habituate you. <laughs> I mean, you were, you're getting hung up in the, in the trivial sports-like tactics about how we're going to move. You know, sort of which pitcher in what inning stop. The, the United States has to take a bold new position where they refuse to allow pharma for anything other than breakthrough new biotech drugs to allow pharma to tell the government and patients how much they're going to pay. 
that system has got to stop. And the more, the clearer we are about that, the more extreme within those boundaries and clear that position is, the easier it will be to negotiate a compromise that we can live with, with the Republicans in the Senate. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like saying, well, I think the game might be, you know, might be kind of hard to win. And we, the, 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 you know, we may have kind of a, a split score going into the fourth quarter. So rather than start at the 50-yard line, let's start at our own 25. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's a loser in football and it's a loser in politics. All right. Well, that's it for yet another edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, your moderate president of Health Business Group. And I'm an extremely annoyed John Driscoll, the CEO of Carecentrics. Thanks so much for listening. And please remember to subscribe. <laughs>